Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. You all already know this. What you may not know is there is not a better three-in-one podcast in the galaxy. We are a college football podcast. We preview the biggest games every week and talk about the best prospects in them. We actually make predictions against the spread in them. So we're a college football podcast. We're a college football betting podcast, and nobody – does a better job with the prospects from A to Z, one through a thousand, than my guy Emery Hunt at F Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. He is a stud. You got to get his draft guide. I also am a huge fan of today's guest who's been on the show before, Stephen Che, who not only is a full time content guy for Barstool, what's your official title? Are you like the draft? Are you Barstool? You're Barstool's draft analyst, right? I am. the The title varies uh, quite often, and who you ask. If you ask Big Cat, I am the uh, the junior draft analyst. If you ask someone else, it might be the senior draft analyst. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a title. I'm just kind of the football guy over there, um, talking everything ball from the drafts to uh, you know preseason uh, uh, props uh, and futures, um, weekly stuff. So really, everything football. Awesome. Absolutely love it. And you're a Bucks fan, a huge yeah. Bucks fan. Oh, yeah. Which means I know, I mean, you follow it all, but yeah. you really follow the NFC South yes. particularly closely. So I want to get into the NFC South draft choices. This is our second to last division we need to get to. I think maybe NFC North. I have to look. Yeah, because we did West and we did East. So I think NFC North is the last one that we need to get into. But let's start then, Stephen. No time to waste with the Atlanta Falcons. I thought their first-round pick was very interesting because Drake London was a really polarizing player. I mean, there were a lot of people saying he was the best receiver, and they clearly thought so. They took him number eight overall. There are other people that weren't as high on Drake London and thought he was a, just – just a quote-unquote contested catch guy. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen the best of that and the worst of that, especially from the Pac-12 the last couple of years. I mean, we talk about, like, box out, you know, go up and get it, guys. You think uh, of failed experiments like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside for, from the Eagles, where the, the scouting report on him was can't really separate, but a guy in the red zone that can just go get it. I think Drake Rowland is a lot better than that. I mean, if you see his, um, uh, I think it was high school, like, dunk championship and he's throwing down like 360 windmills like he is a different kind of athlete um at a receiver eighth overall a little bit rich for me but at the same time like this is a very crowded receiver class we saw the run on receivers really start there um so i don't hate that pick it's an interesting fit and it kind of actually reminds me of what the bucks were doing um maybe like eight or nine years ago with vincent jackson and then mike evans kind of the lovey smith thing they brought over from chicago just really big bodied wide receivers with huge uh uh, catch radiuses like we saw kyle pitts last year not technically a receiver but i mean he's a receiver um and and now you got uh you know at quarterback marcus mariota um you know kind of fits with uh Technically, he was, uh, you know, an accurate guy in college, but in the pros, you know, has struggled. Um, gives him a lot more room for error, basically. So, um, an interesting pick. Not my top receiver, not my second or even third receiver, but I understand why the appeal was there. And I actually had him going um, eighth overall. The Falcons, my first receiver off the board um, in my mock, but um, they just had kind of an infatuation with. Him. I know the Jets liked him a lot at ten. Um, so I, I could def- absolutely see him going eight. I think, Emery, we might have talked about this, but most teams might might have one guy they think can match up on like a Pitts or London type. They usually don't have two. Right, and that's the thing. When you think about London, he was my number one split in, so I love how he was able to get off the line of scrimmage, work himself open. We spoke before about how you know, a lot of times when you're the receiver and you're good at what you're doing, but you're tied to – young, inexperienced quarterbacks that tend to see it late. You're open, but they don't see you. By the time they get to you, you're back covered again. So um, for me, I think he's going to balance out perfectly within their passing game, and it gives Marcus Mariota or uh, Desmond Ritter a good option out there on the perimeter. So now they have two outstanding uh, go-get-it guys, um, and that it kind of puts everyone in their slot, their proper slot. And so now they can kind of figure out what they're going to do on the interior. But I do like the fact that you bring in London, you bring in Brian Edwards. They have they're they're not as bad as as the public may make them out to be. They could be sneaky competitive. Their next few picks, Stephen Arnold Evicady, the edge rusher from Penn State, had a big year after transferring from Temple. Troy Anderson, who is a truly freak athlete, linebacker from Montana State, and then Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati. I'll add D'Angelo Malone, the edge rusher from Western Kentucky as well. Your thoughts on those four guys, anybody that jumps out to you? You don't need to feel like you need to talk about each guy, but just anybody in that group, a guy or two that really jumped out to you? Sure. I mean, from the Falcons' perspective, I like that they at least addressed the edge rusher need. I mean, it's a glaring need for that team. Um, Arnold Abikidi is an interesting one. Certainly a lot of talent, but he's new to the game and very raw. But we saw a similar story um, last year with um, Jason Owe, uh, now goes by Odefe Owe. Um, A very similar story, kind of like a one-year wonder, very raw out of Penn State, but he has those tools. Abikidi is similar in that like kind of overall description where they can maybe mold him into a very good pass rusher. Like we saw Owe, who was in contention, at least 
a little bit, not really once Micah Parsons kind of turned it on for defensive rookie of the year as far as consideration for that. But um, that's interesting. Then obviously I have to talk about quarterback um, Desmond Ritter. I like what they're doing as far as like, you know, Ritter, they spent a third round pick on him, a mid third round pick. If you have like a first or even kind of a second round guy, you kind of start the clock on their rookie contract and you're really going all in for right now. They're not doing that. I mean, Desmond Ritter, if he flames out and isn't in the league in four years, it's not going to be a huge, it's not going to set the franchise back years. Whereas, you know, if they took a uh, uh, Trey Lance last year, you know, at that, in the first round uh, at fourth overall, then, you know, they're starting the clock, but they're not ready. I like what they're doing as far as putting building blocks in place for when they get a quarterback that's ready they're going to be ready to start that clock and be all in because they're not there yet. Emery, your thoughts on any of those guys that jump out to you? Maybe Anderson and Malone? Oh, yeah. Uh, Epiketti was my number four edge rusher. Anderson was my number one outside linebacker. It's like, and I have him slated as a weak side backer, but he can legitimately play all three positions. And you talked about his athleticism. This is someone – that is, I think, is going to be in line to start, man. I, I think he is a fantastic matchup piece, which is a has become a matchup division, and I feel like Anderson fits the mold. And the one thing about Anderson you want to see him be better at at the pro level is getting off blocks in the run game. Um, right now he's still raw in that regard. He's more of a runaround guy, uh, which he does well. But for the most part, anything else, coverage, you know, he's still a little bit raw in his zone, drops up man coverage, blitzing, attacking the perimeter, just going and running. He did a great job at the Senior Bowl, so he was excellent. And Ritter, for me, I compared this game to Marcus Mariota. So he kind of doubled up on the same guy, in my opinion. So it's about whether or not if he's even, you, you go ahead on and start Ritter. If not, at worst, you have a Marcus Mariota uh, clone. And we've seen Mariota not be able to finish the season, so we'll see Ritter at some point in time uh, this year. But Malone is another one pass rusher you saw the the format of what they want to do in the draft get more athletic on a perimeter in terms of getting guys that can chase or run and chase or blitz uh you saw them bring in lorenzo carter the abuchetti malone and anderson so there was a clear and evident you know uh focus for atlanta to get more athletic um and to, in some cases lengthy outside of abuchetti at the second level Anybody out of Algier, Schaefer, Fitzpatrick? So Tyler Algier, the running back from BYU, Justin Schaefer, guard, Georgia, John Fitzpatrick, tight end, Georgia, or any of the undrafted guys in particular stand out to you, Emery? Yeah, Algier, I think, is, should be their starting back. You know, that way you allow Patterson to be more of that wild card piece as opposed to depending on him to be a foundational guy. I think Algier gives you the best of everyone in terms of being able to uh, block, run, catch the football. He helps us the table. And then you look at some undrafted guys, man. Jared Bernhardt out of Ferris State. First of all, he's an older guy, right? He's like 26, I believe. Uh, Seven-year college player. Started his career at um, Maryland playing lacrosse. Goes to Ferris State. Was an outstanding quarterback. More of an athlete than a passer. I think he's the Taysom Hill for the Falcons. Tayshawn James, I saw a lot of at Central Connecticut State, had a really good week of work uh, down at the um, College Gridiron Showcase. Uh, he was also there at the uh, FCS Bowl in December. And you think someone that's a big body wide receiver, you think about what they brought in London, Edwards. Um, they drafted Frank Darby last year, and now they bring in someone like James. I think he has a really good chance. And I'm looking on defense, and I kind of like Nathan Landman 
out of Colorado and you hope that he can stay healthy and be some somewhat of a core special teamer. So overall, I love what the Falcons did in the draft. What did you think, Stephen, about the Carolina Panthers with they didn't have a lot of picks. They took Iquanu in the first round. Nobody had much of an issue with that. And then another team in your division that took a quarterback in the third round, they went corral. After that, it was Brandon Smith, the linebacker from Penn State, Amari Barno, edge rusher from Virginia Tech, Cade Mays, guard from Tennessee, and Kalen Barnes, a corner from Baylor. Yeah, I mean, certainly interesting. I thought it was very interesting with the Giants picking fifth and seventh and kind of bookending the Panthers that they went edge rusher first, knowing that, you know, it kind of been out that the Panthers wanted to get a tackle with the two top tackles, Aquano and then Evan Neal being there, essentially letting the Panthers have their choice of those guys. I'm not sure that, um, you know, the Panthers would have went edge rusher at, at six. So it, very interesting move. Uh, they took the local kid, Aquano. I mean, he went to NC State. He's from the Charlotte area. Um, nice story for sure. Guy gets to stay at home. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. They didn't have a lot of picks. Um, you know, after the sixth overall pick, they're not picking till 94. Um, so it was an interesting draft. Aquano, I think, is a good pick. I think, you know, there was buzz about him potentially going number one. So, again, at sixth overall is fair value, especially at a position of need. Um, Corral, okay. Like, it's fine. It's fine value. Like, very similar with Ritter. Um, I think the Panthers are treating them like kind of scratch-off tickets. Like, we don't really know – how long Matt Rule's tenure is going to continue to be. Um, they really just have to find an answer. Like, you know, Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, like P.J. Walker, like they're going through guys. They they just need to find someone who hits. I think Corral presents another option. And, you know, at 94th overall, you can't fault them for it. But I don't think they had like a great draft. I mean, they weren't really set up to have a great draft just based on the number of picks and where they were picking. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Corral has a shot. So before we get to some of the late round guys, Emery, I did want people to know you can't just get people like Emery and Steven anywhere, okay? You need to create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Look, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to, and they do it faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn, which is crazy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash draft. That's linkedin.com slash draft to post your job for free terms and conditions apply emory your thoughts hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. On the Panthers' late round haul and some of their undrafted free agents that jumped out to you. 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting because the I think the Panthers on paper have really good talent and they could compete, but they just need to get someone stable at quarterback. So until we see that, this roster is, is being you know not used properly in terms of or getting the most out of it. But I, I did like the receiver uh, selections, let's say undrafted guys. Charleston Rambo had a really strong week at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Parchment is someone I saw live when he was at Kansas, and he played Boston College, was able to get up there and see that game. So I became familiar with Khalil Herbert, and wow, this dude is backing up Puka Williams, and he's really good. And both transferred, uh, you know, Parch- Parchment went to Florida State and is coming off a really good, um, you know, uh, college gridiron showcase as well. It's Tropical Bowl, he had a really good week there. But uh, Marquand McCall out of Kentucky, surprised he went undrafted, but he was giving guys the business at the, at the Shrine game. Uh, another one of these Kentucky interior defensive linemen that can really uh, make some noise in terms of, how they clog up the lanes in the run game, how they also can collapse the pocket. And I was a, a big fan of Barno, too. We talked about him earlier in our preseason show, Ross, where Barno is someone that's always into something. And I'm glad to see him get an opportunity to get drafted because he was kind of a late bloomer, and he's going to a situation where he can be that seek-and-destroy uh, situational rusher for Carolina coming off the bench. Yeah, and I'll just add to this because I watch every snap of Penn State football. Can't stand watching Brandon Smith play. Um unbelievably gifted he's big he's fast i thought he really struggled to key and diagnose really struggled to get off blit uh, get off blocks missed a bunch of tackles and he i think he got drafted where he did just based on athletic ability which is fine um let's get to the saints because they are an interesting team they didn't have a lot of picks either, Stephen, but they had a couple first-round picks. Here's the deal. I'm curious as a Bucks fan what you think of what the Saints are doing because they clearly think they're going to be good. I mean, like, the moves they've made, they fully believe that they could win the division and go to the playoffs, which I think is great. Hey, I, I, more power to them. Obviously, that's not what the sports books like DraftKings believe if you look at their season win total. But the Saints have been very aggressive with Tyron Matthew and uh, obviously Jarvis Landry. Then they trade up with the Eagles, trade up with Washington to get Olave. I guess I'm just curious your big picture thoughts on the Saints, Stephen. Why are you smiling? Why are you smirking? You hate the Saints. I do. I mean, as a Bucks fan, I love their moves because they just have no plan. Like their plan is to go all in, but at quarterback, they've got Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. Okay, like how far is that going to take you? Like that's just taking a car with like a quarter tank of gas and you're just being like, we're going all the way. I mean, like they they can't get that far with those guys at quarterback. And even if Andy Dalton wins the job, like we've seen him have some success, like he's gotten to the playoffs before, but like you're not winning three or four games with Andy Dalton, at quarterback. And, you know, Jameis Winston, certainly I rooted for the guy for a bunch of years. He's got a ton of talent. He is absolutely not putting together three or four really good games against playoff quality teams. So, you know, what exactly are they doing? Like, as a veteran on that team, if I'm Cam Jordan and I'm in the last, you know, couple of years of my career and, you know, kind of on the downside of my prime, I'm excited about it because the team's going all in. They're not rebuilding. They certainly have a chance. You know, they have had a lot of regular, have had a lot of regular season success, 
against the Bucks, who, you know, most people look at as the top dog in the division, rightfully so. Um, but, you know, what are they doing for the future? We always talk about Mickey Loomis and how they're always throwing money over the fence to next year. But now they're doing that with draft picks. Like a few years ago, they traded, you know, a future first from Marcus Davenport and moved up with their own first. Okay. But now they're getting, I mean, I'm just going to say they're getting reckless with it. They're trading future first to move up for the third receiver in the class. Like, what are we doing here? These are picks that should be reserved for quarterbacks and things of that nature, which they need. But they're taking Chris Olave at 11. You're trading two firsts. Like, they traded away the 18th pick, the 80th pick, the 98th pick, 101st, 120, 237. They're 2023 first a, and a sixth rounder in 2023, a 2024 second, and they forfeited a sixth in 2022, and they got back Chris Olave, the 11th pick, the 19th pick, Trevor Penning, and Bradley Roby. That's it. Like, what are they doing? You know, these are the third receiver, the, you know, third or fourth tackle, and you get a corner who's, you know, kind of whatever. Okay, like, did you I, say, Stephen, they got a quarter tank of gas? What was that? They got a quarter tank of gas? A quarter tank of gas, and they're trying to go all the way. Like, they just, <laughs> they're going to hey, run out. Like, hey, the whole time you're talking, Emery's just shaking his head because Emery's from New Orleans. I, I'm so mad at myself. The whole episode should have just been Bucks against the Saints conversation. So, Emery, uh, Stephen sounds like a Bucks fan. A Bucks fan. No, no, no. No, a lot of what he's saying makes sense. But the Jameis Winston part, he's a Bucks fan that's just seen too much. Cause you because it is interesting. Yes. The difference between Bucks fans and Saints fans on Jameis Winston could not be more different, Emory. Uh, are y'all done? Because let me my new name <laughs> is just the facts here. Cause let's start with Jameis Winston because we hadn't seen Jameis Winston uh without LASIK surgery until we saw him last that's year true. with the LASIK that's surgery. True. 14 touchdowns, three interceptions before everyone says, oh, he threw five against the Packers. Great. You're going to have those games. But if you extrapolate that across the season, he was on pace to throw between 35 and 40 touchdown passes. And in those seven games that he played, he only threw three interceptions because a lot of people like to bring up he went 30 for 30 with the Bucks, but he also threw 5,000 yards. This last year, he only threw three interceptions in those seven games. So that's number one. Number two. I'm still trying to find tape of the Bucks beating the Saints with Jameis Winston or with Tom Brady at quarterback. I know they won that game in the postseason thanks to Jared Cook's tender forearms. He fumbled <laughs> the football. Otherwise, they would have got dominated that game as well. This defense is championship caliber. What you yeah. saw last year was a team that would have gone far had Jameis stayed healthy in a game that they beat the brakes off the Bucks again. So uh, I think the Saints are the team to beat. You look at a lobby, something that they hadn't had since uh, you got, you have to go back to the Joe Horn era of receivers. They got now guys that can go get the football deep down the field. A lobby is one of those guys. Hardy is one of those guys. He got guys now that can catch the ball underneath Jarvis Landry, Marcus Call Callaway. You hope you get back a healthy uh, Michael Thomas. Tight end is a question mark for me. I thought they should have addressed that uh, more so, but you, you kind of hope they can get something out of Jawan Johnson or Adam Troutman. Offensive line is, from, for the most part, intact. You wonder about the left tackle position. Penning is someone that they're high on, but I can trust Carmichael and the rest of that staff that's been intact. All they lose was Sean Payton and uh, Curtis Johnson, a wide receiver coach, but you retain Ronald Curry, you retain Pete Carmichael. Defensively, they drafted a Debo last year, ball hawk. 
They bring in um, Tyron Matthew, another ball hawk. Yes, they lose uh, Marcus Williams, but they bring in, you know, Marcus May. You have that that draft pick, the Marco Jackson out of App State. Fantastic linebacker. I think should start alongside of the Mario Davis. He's already better than Pete Werner. You talk about receiver, too. Keep an eye on Dejon uh, Dixon out of Nickel State. Fantastic wide out. Could be better than Traquan Smith and could be right in line with the play. I think the Saints defense is still top five. And when you oh, bring that in, yeah, and when you bring that in with the fact that they have a healthy Jameis Winston, the deep ball is back in play. Question that no one's really talking about is the running back position. We still don't know how long um Kamara is going to be suspended. And you have older depth with you know um Mark Ingram. They didn't draft the back. I thought they should have gone back somewhere in the later rounds, but you, you know, so you hopefully if you're a Saints fan, you're hoping that the running back position doesn't become a detriment because they definitely need the balance. But the Saints defense, along with this receipt, this deep passing game, is going to be a problem. Yeah, I just I just kind of wonder, like, as a guy who watched, you know, I break down the all twenty two for the Bucks. I've done it since twenty fifteen, so I've watched Jameis live every snap of his career, every throw, multiple angles. Without LASIK, though. Without LASIK, I agree, which is very frustrating to find out that he got after his contract expired. Um, the most inconsistent deep Yeah, by the guy. way, he has, what, he has what is the deal with he that? Why did he wait? <laughs> LASIK's amazing. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. There's, there's I, can do, I should be a sponsor for I got LASIK my rookie year. I don't know what he was waiting for. Some guys don't know. if they, I remember this. Uh, this. it was a receiver for the Saints that had the same issue that got it. Take in. Got Lasix, and next thing you know, he become he has a revitalization of his career. I don't know why guys don't factor that in early on, especially at those positions. I think a lot more of it is accurate. I think it's a lot of decision making. Um, you know, we saw some plays. Uh, I think it was one of his interceptions where he's just like against New England, where he's just throwing off the back of his foot and just launching balls like forty yards down the field, like complete lollipops that end up getting picked off. And of course, his numbers were good. And I hope, you know, I don't hope. The Saints have success. I hope he has personal success because I, I had rooted for him for a very long time, but I am just questionable as a football skeptic. These guys at quarterback, how far exactly they can take them. But I agree. The defense, absolutely top five. So it, it really is very simple. You feel the way you feel because of the quarterback. Emory and the Saints disagree. Like They think Jameis can play. I mean, the fact that you're even bringing up Andy Dalton to start twice is amazing. Why else? Why else would Andy Dalton go there, right? If Andy Dalton, who I think is, uh, I think because Jameis is coming off of an injury, and because there is a chance that Jameis poops the bed, right. and he gets a chance to play at some point for a good team. Here's what I know. Okay, here's the reality of the situation. Clothing from the Express is amazing. Okay. <laughs> they have bold button downs. They have polos, all kinds of new collars for the polos, which I like. I've mentioned on other shows, I've been crushing the button downs when I've been going out. I wear them like with my chino shorts I got from Express. Awesome. Here's all you need to know about the Express. Oh, my gosh, I keep going back and forth past the call to action. Find something for every destination at Express, online, or... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. In store. Let's go to the Bucks because we're not going to resolve the Saints thing anytime soon. The Bucks had a lot of picks, which is interesting given where they've been. Logan Hall, the DN from Houston. Luke Gadecki, the guard from Central Michigan. Rashad White, running back, Arizona State. Cade Otten, tight end from Washington. They took a punter in the fourth round. Zion McCollum, the corner from Sam Houston State, who I guarantee Emery will say something about. Co Keft, I don't know, tight end from Minnesota. Andre Anthony from LSU. There's certain schools every guy gets drafted. Andre Anthony, there's certain schools every guy that plays for them gets drafted. All right, your thoughts on the first few picks, Steven? Um, I like what they did. They they did end up with a lot of picks. They didn't start with a lot of picks. I think they started off with six, but they, you know, traded back. Jason Light, John Spitek, and staff, you know, did a great job maximizing value. They were at 27, and they had, and they've said this, they had five guys that they would have taken. Um, Lewis Seen came out and said that the Bucks had told him that they were going to take him if he was there at 27. So I would gather he's one of those guys. Logan Hall absolutely was one of those guys. They decided to trade backs, maximize their value. Four of the five guys that they had liked had gone by 33. So they had gotten a bunch of offers to move back again. But they stood, they stood pat, took their guy Logan Hall, who um, you know Todd Bolts called him and just said three technique. So he's going to be their three technique. Um, interesting because they had signed Akeem Hicks after, and they've got you know kind of the big bodied guys with uh, Hicks and Vea. But Logan Hall certainly, on all the reports, are he's an incredible athlete, which we already knew, but um, even better than advertised coming out of um, OTAs. But he's a very exciting guy. I'm very excited to see him play. Luke Kadecki, I think, has a chance to start. Um, interesting guy out of Central Michigan. Jason Light described him as his hobbies are football and lifting weights, and that's it. Like This is a guy who is all <laughs> ball all the time. Um, so I'm very interested to see him. Um, left guard, like we lost two, uh, our two starting guards. Ali Marpet retired, and Alex Kappa got the bag from the Bengals, and we just couldn't afford him good player um but we replaced him with Shaq Mason which in a trade from the Patriots and then left guard kind of open Aaron Stinney um who did a really nice job in our playoff run a couple of years ago uh or a championship run a couple of years ago uh played almost the entire postseason um uh, and did really well at right guard um moving over to left where he is the favorite to start but Gadecki certainly could surpass him by the end of training camp um Rashad White is an interesting guy Leonard Fournette did a much better job catching the ball last year, but White is going to be most likely that third down back. Can he get Tom Brady's trust? They're looking for like kind of a James White type guy, and Rashad White is similar, but they do like his inside running ability. So um, I like what they did. Jake Camarda, the punter, I think is a good pick. You know, in the no, right. no, no, uh, 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 uh. Well, we're not talking about the punter on the show. <laughs> I will just point out that they had a lot of kickoffs go out of bounds, especially in key games. The game against the Rams, um, they they kicked the ball out of bounds. So they're looking for a guy who can handle kickoff and punting duties. But yes, got it. I'm just busting your chops. Um, Emery, the late round guys or undrafted guys that you liked? 
Firstly, the Bucks did a fantastic job. Look, I was writing down my grades I had for him. Logan Hall was my number three five tech. I had an 83 grade on him, so a high uh, grade. Gadecki was one of my top tier tackles at a 77 grade. He's going to be playing guard, so I think they got a steal there. Uh, but Colin was my number five boundary corner, 83 and a half grade. Otten was my number one inline guy, 83 grade. And Rashad White, we spoke about him on the show. Big fan of his game. Uh, 76 grade reminds me a lot of that Harvey Williams type. He's a tall runner, had a great senior bowl week. Talk about someone that can see it and has the athleticism and footwork to get there. I think he's best suited as a compliment. Um, and one guy that's that's going to be interesting to watch in terms of, you know, what he can do as a, in special teams would be Jarrett Stearns. Um, another one of these short squatty guys that's a returner. So he's going to have to make an impact on special teams, but that's the way he he's going to have to be. Uh, because, you know, they got a lot of competition there with Darden and, and company, but I like him as a special teamer. But I thought the Bucks did a fantastic job. That Logan Hall pick uh, is tremendous in, in what he is uh, able to do up front along the line of scrimmage. You saw some games at Houston. You just like, they clearly can't block this dude. So, and I was talking him up as a guy that's going to go first round, but going in the second round to the Bucks, ideal fit. So I thought they did a great job. McCollum, to me, is someone who's going to see a lot of action um, and, and within his defense. He could press. He has ball skills, good athleticism. You watch that matchup against Christian Watson. Did a good job of putting him in a witness protection program. So I think, uh, to be honest, the Bucks did a fantastic job, especially the Otten pick, not knowing what you're going to get from Gronkowski if he's going to come back. But you get someone that could block and there's someone that I think was criminally underutilized as a receiver at Washington. I would, I would actually be really interested in hearing your opinion on uh, Andre Anthony, Emery, just because seventh-round guy, you know, you look three and a half sacks, four tackles for loss last year, but he only played three games. He tore his ACL, uh, five and a half sacks the year before. Do you think he's a guy that can, you know, assuming his health is up to snuff and he did run a 40 this pro day, so you assume he's kind of, um, you know, by camp is going to be back in a, in, a, in a competitive state. Do you think he's a guy that can make the team? And edge rusher I would put as a need for us. Well, that's the thing. You pick the one guy I don't have a grade on. You stumped the shark. I don't mm-hmm. have anything on Andre Anthony. I just checked. I have nothing on him. He's. So I can't yeah. even give. I can't even uh, give you a, a you know thought of seeing him play, or you know I'm not. That's gonna a, he must be. He must have never pl- hardly ever played and just be like a testing phenomenon. Three three games last year. I mean, he got hurt early, so um, absolutely justified. Now I could have been. Crazy. I could have been your your average draft analyst and lie. And Emory, he's an LSU linebacker. I would have been, I would have been like, well, listen, he's he's a real good athlete. Um, I like him in space. <laughs> you know, like we call him Double A. Like me and the guys, we call him Double A. Bob, <laughs> I haven't seen him, Che. Uh, che I have to, uh, I have to go check him out. Hey, check him out, both of them at F Ball Game Plan on Twitter as well as at Stephen Che, C-H-E-A-H. He is the number one mock drafter in the world, which means there's no chance he'll be the best next year just because (laughs) of the way the odds works. But he's going to run with that as long as he can. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.